want to I want to just do some very common stuff tonight. I'm I'm an old preacher, and so I I, I just I don't have any real new stuff. So I'll just give you old stuff. How about that? Because I believe what I'm going to talk about tonight is very very vital and important to the kingdom of God. I read something some time ago, and uh, it just it it clicked with me. I know times are changing, don't you? If we if we could go through this congregation tonight and talk to everybody here as how times have changed in your lifetime, it would uh, it would be probably pretty entertaining here tonight. How how times have really changed. But I read something. And uh, I've read it many years ago and from this pulpit, I think. But I read it again, and I thought, wow. So it just said a grandson was talking to his grandfather. It's a little lengthy, but listen close. To his grandfather about current events. And he asked what he thought about the shootings at schools, the computer age, and just things in general. And so here was the granddad's reply. Listen close. Well, let me think a minute. I was born before television, penicillin, polio shots, frozen food, Xerox machines, contact lenses, frisbees, and the pill. There was no radar, credit cards, laser beams, or ballpoint pens. Man had not invented pantyhose, air conditioners, dishwashers, clothes dryers. Well, the clothes were hung out to dry in the fresh air. Man hadn't yet walked on the moon. Your grandmother and I got married first and then lived together. Every family had a father and a mother, and every boy over 14 had a rifle that his dad taught him how to use and respect. And they went hunting and fishing together. Until I was 25, I called every older man than I, sir. And after I turned 25, I still called policemen and every man with a title, sir. Sundays were set aside for going to church as a family, helping those in need and visiting with family or neighbors. We were before gay rights, computer dating, dual careers, daycare centers, and group therapy. Our lives were governed by the Ten Commandments, good judgment, and common sense. We were taught to know the difference between right and wrong, to stand up and take responsibility for our actions. Serving your country was a privilege, living here was a bigger privilege. We thought fast food was what people ate during Lent. Having a meaningful relationship meant getting along with your cousins. Draft dodgers were people who closed the front doors when the evening breeze started. Time sharing meant time with the family spent together in the evenings and weekends, not purchasing condominiums. We never heard of FM radios, tape decks, CDs, DVDs, electric typewriters, yogurt, or guys wearing earrings. Our cell phones. We we listen to the big bands, Jack Benny and the President's speeches on on our radios, and I don't even remember any kid blowing his brains out listening to Tommy Dorsey. If you if you saw anything with "Made in Japan" on it, it was junk. The term "made out" or "making out," excuse me, referred to how you did on your school exam. Pizza Hut, McDonald's, and instant coffee were unheard of. We had a five and a ten cent store where you could actually buy things for five and ten cents. Ice cream, phone, ice cream cones, phone calls, rides on a streetcar, and a Pepsi were all a nickel. And if you did, 
And if you didn't want to splurge, you could spend your nickel on enough stamps to mail one letter and two postcards. You could buy a new Chevy Coupe for $600, but who could afford one? Too bad, because gas was 11 cents a gallon. In my day, grass was mowed, Coke was a cold drink, pot was something your mother cooked in, and rock music was your grandmother's lullaby. Aids were, were helpers in the principal's office. Chip meant a piece of wood. Hardware was found in a hardware store, and software wasn't even a word. And we were the last generation to actually believe that a lady needed a husband to have a baby. No wonder people called us old and confused and say there's a generation gap. Now, he said, how old do you think I am? Anybody want to guess? 77. 77 years ago, that's the way it was. It was a time when children said, yes, sir, no, sir. When the church was a sacred place. When people dressed modest, Christian or not. When children respected their parents. When parents corrected their children the Bible way. When families ate meals together and dad was the head of the house. People were committed to the kingdom of God. People feared God and respected authority. And folks were thankful for the blessings of God. So I said all of that tonight to lay a a little foundation for what I'm about to say to you because we live in changing times. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forward. But I want to tell you, we could take some lessons from some of the old timers. And uh, some of the things that I read to you now are in this little story this evening. Some of you remember. Some of you are old enough to remember that. Uh, Most are not. But we do live in a changing world. But I want to talk to you tonight about this little subject, a sure foundation. Somebody say a sure foundation in changing times. I want to talk to you about what we're building on as people, how we're building our lives, what we're doing to make sure that things are in the right perspective in our life. Let me read a couple of scriptures to you today. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9, For we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. Everybody say this with me. I am God's building. That's what he said. You're God's husbandry. And you are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a rise master builder. Paul said, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth their Thereupon, excuse me, I got the hiccups, I hope I'm not growing. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved yet as yet so as by fire. 
And then Paul said to the young man Timothy in the writings, uh, his instructions to the young preacher Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19, he made this statement, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Let me read one more scripture in your hearing. It's from the Old Testament, and it's from the silver-tongued prophet Isaiah. In chapter 22, in verse 20, he said it this way, It shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and I will clothe him with thy robe and strengthen him with thy girdle, and I will commit the government into his hand. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, shall he, so he shall open and none shall shut. He shall shut and none shall open. Watch verse 22 or 23. He said, And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring and the, and the issue, all vessels of small quantity, from the vessels of cups even to the vessels of flagons. I, I'll stop right there. <laughs> but what I want to say to you this evening is that the foundation of God and the foundation of this church and the foundation of your life is very, very important. This is why... This is why we have to be careful every day, because we're building. You are a builder, whether you want to be or not. We are building the, for the kingdom of God. We're building our own lives. We're building our families. We're building our children. We're building communities. We're building churches. But we're building, and we must build upon the right thing. One of the most detrimental things that ever happened to America is when they took prayer out of the schools of America. One of the most detrimental things to us is when they told our children, you can't stand up and pray. Now, I want to tell you, in the old Southern Bible Belt, we still do pray. we got, we got, we got to understand that we don't always abide by the so-called laws. I remember a few years ago, I, I, uh, I was at West Monroe High School ball game and and I was going to the ball games, and all of a sudden somebody rose up, and they, they had a big debate and a big dispute. Some of you remember where whether they could pray at the ball game anymore. And because of the ACLU and laws and a lot of things that were going on, they decided that they would just take a moment of silence. Well, this church handed out pens that said, "I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to pray." And when they, would, uh, when they would take their moment of silence, wherever we were, we would recite the Lord's Prayer in that stadium. Some of you may remember that. We even made the news for that one. But here's the bottom line. A sure foundation in a changing world is very important. You've got to know what you believe and why you believe what you believe and what kind of foundation you're building upon. Can anybody here say amen? So, so let me, let me just, let me just say some basic things to you tonight about building this foundation that we're talking about. Because here's the problem. A foundation is, is, is not by itself. It is the, 
Here's what the dictionary said. A foundation is a part on which the other parts rest for support. It is a base. It is a basis or a groundwork. In other words, it's the most important part of a building. I've said this many times, but if you don't get that foundation right, your walls are not going to be level. Your house is not going to be right. There could be some things that, and I'm not a, a builder, but I'm, I've got enough sense to understand this. The foundation is important. That's why they dig footings. That's why they put, put rebar. That's why they, they make sure everything is solid and firm. Before you ever see a building going up, I passed one on Cypress Street this morning when I was coming down that way. I, I, saw, I saw a dozer spreading dirt. And, and, and making sure that it was packed and making sure that everything was right. Because if, if you go put a building up without a good foundation, there's going to be a lot of cracks and a lot of, a lot of leaning and a lot of problems and settling and situations that you're going to have to deal with somewhere down the road. Many people today are building on the wrong foundation. The basis of their experience is not right. The beginning or the start is so important. I, I want to tell you it's not altogether how you start out on this life's journey of living for God. But it is important where you start out and what you start out on. That, I mean, we build on all kinds of stuff. Listen to me right now. We build on emotions. That won't last. If you see people come to God strictly on emotion, they're not going to be around long. There's such thing as jailhouse Christianity. All the prisoners in a jail, you go out there today, they're all Christians. They reading that Bible. I ain't got nothing else to do. They reading their Bible. They praying. I'm not faulting that. Maybe we all need to go to jail. But the facts are, there's a lot of jailhouse Christians. There's a lot of folks that come to God out of some emotion. You can't come out of emotion. You can't come because of some personality. There are people that say, well, I'm going to go to church because of him. You can't go because of him. you got to go because of him. Amen. You, you, and I'm a preacher, but you can't even have preacher religion. I'm going to preach to some of you right now. you got to get over that. It's not about me. It's about him. It's not about a personality. Can you say amen? It's not about money. It's not about finances. It's not about popularity. It's not about crowds. You can't build on that. You, can, you can't build on number. You can't build just on friendship. All of that is a part of what we do. You cannot even build on family tradition unless you back it up by the Word of God. You're looking at somebody that was raised in the church from the day I was born. I don't know anything but going to church, serving God. But there came a time in my life when I had to get it for myself. I, I love my mom. She's here tonight. My dad's already with the Lord. I love them. Thank you for what you taught me. But there came a day that I had to get down before God, and I had to get it for myself. And I had to decide where I was going to build my life. 
I had to decide where I was going to put all of all of my effort. And, and that became the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to preach to you on this Wednesday night. You got to start building and you got to build on Him. You got to build on every precept. You got to build on every principle. You got to build on everything that this book says. This is a sure foundation. Somebody say amen. Brother, let me tell you something. There's a lot of shifting in our world. One church several years ago decided they would redefine sin. How do you redefine sin? Don't look at me like that. That really happened. We're going to redefine sin. Sin is sin. Sin is a transgression of the law of God. Amen? I can't make something sin that's not sin. And neither can you. As much as you may not like it, you can't make it sin. I've heard preachers preach against what they didn't like and call it sin. Hogwash. It's not sin if it's not transgressing against the law of God. But sin is very well spelled out. It's in the Word of God. You can find it in the Word of God. This book is a sure foundation. When you build upon... Look, I, I know preachers that in times past, and I've, there's some that come to my mind, some even within this own area. But I, I, know, I know preachers that have built their churches on, on their personality, and it was like, it was like a cult. You know, you, you don't have to call me to tell me you, you, where you're going. If you do, if you drop me a note and say, hey, I'm going to miss Sunday, thank you for that. But this is not a cult. I don't run your life. I'm not going to follow. I turned my sheriff badge in a long time ago. I ain't policing you. I'm going to preach the truth to you. And if you want to live for God, you'll do it on your own. You'll do it because you love him. You'll do it because you fell in love with him. Amen. I ain't got time to come to your house and decide what you need to do or don't do. Just go to Jesus. He'll tell you what to do. And if you can't talk to him about it, look it up right here. It's in here. I hope you're with me tonight. But I'm talking about people that have built churches and built congregations. And I, I pastored, not this church, but I pastored before in a church that wasn't far from a, a place where a man he was literally a dictator. And I, I, mean, I mean, you know... Uh, now, I heard about one thing that might go good. I'm on the Internet, so this, this is going to be real cool for me to say. But I, I heard about one church that had people come by on Friday and they took their tithes out of their check and cashed their check. That might be a good deal. I don't see that working here. <laughs> Preacher had a good idea, though. Listen to me right now. You can't build a church on that stuff. This is not a cult. This is the kingdom of God. This is a church. This is a body of Christ. If you want to build, you've got to build on the things that the Lord said build on. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, or verse 11. The Bible said, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And then in Ephesians 2 and 20 it said, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief Corner stone. Everybody say this with me. Jesus Christ. Come on, say it with me. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. He is the most important thing 
that we can build upon. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You see, we're living in 2019. It's the 21st century. All you hear now, well, times have changed. I was praying today and, and I, I just, I, I was quoting scripture while I was praying and talking to the Lord and this one came to me. In Him, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You know what that means? He don't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You might change, but God has not changed. And guess what? In all the things that Hollywood's thrown out there, and all the things that, that, that we've been introduced to as, as new things and how God now likes this, or the, God hasn't changed His mind. There are still some things that are an abomination to God. There are still some things that God hates. There are still some things that God loves. There are some principles that are spelled out in here. And that's what we as the church of the living God have to build upon. Is anybody with me tonight? Amen. Here's why. Because testing day is coming. Testing day. The day of testing. Paul said, here's what he said, the day shall declare. You know what that means? Time will tell. Have you ever seen anybody, you know, that that you didn't really believe whatever was going on? Well, time will tell. Somebody say time will tell. It will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell if you're true blue or not. Time will tell if you mean business or not. Hello? Somebody say, well, that marriage won't last. Time will tell. Because, Father, time is no respecter of person. And it will bring it all to light. Can you say amen? So, so the day will declare it, Paul said. It's going to be made manifest. And furthermore, it's going to be tried by fire. The works of man are going to be tried by fire. He's going to know where you're building. He's going to know you can't have a, a substitute. You can't have wood or hay or stubble. you you got to build with the right materials. And you've got to do the right thing. I, I find it... I find it so intriguing to me that that uh, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is, is the greatest writings of the greatest teachings by Jesus Christ that I've ever read. And and it, it deals with so many things. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. I've did series where I've did 10 or 12 Wednesday nights in a row talking about the Sermon on the Mount. There's that much material there. didn't cover it all then. But he starts off in the, in the beginning of chapter 5 talking about the, the Beatitudes and, and telling us how a man's blessed and, and what will happen if you do this. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know the Beatitudes. And, and then he went into all kind of explanation. He talked about, he talked about fasting. He talked about prayer. He talked about divorce. He talked about hating your brother. He even talked about calling somebody a fool. He, there's so many things. If you've not read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 lately, you need to go read that. Because that is the principal doctrine of Jesus Christ. You will find there the things that he really, really thought was important. 
And some of the things and the stuff that we think are important are not there. They're not there. I mean, we've, we, we, we've made all kind of... i got to be careful here. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But, but through time, I've, I've heard all kind of stuff. You know, this, that. And Jesus never mentioned it. Never said a word about it. He taught us how to live in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He taught us how to build with the right stuff, if I could put it that way. He taught us how to lay a right foundation, a sure foundation. You know what that word sure means? That means in times when there's pressure, in times when things are changing, in times when the winds are blowing and the storm clouds are up and there's a, there's a difficult time. The sure foundation means that it ain't going nowhere. Pardon my, my language, but it's not moving. It's going to be there. Don't you want to build on something that's going to stand firm in the winds of time? Look, cars change, ties change, hairdos change, dresses change, shirts change, jeans change, boots change. Everything changes. But God don't. That's why I read to you about Grandpa. Because he said all of that happened. But you know what? In the changing times, none of that's happening now. None of that, what he talked about, we don't, many people don't even understand and know about. But I'm here to tell you that there is a God that said, I will never change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can build a sure foundation on me. When the wind blows, you'll be okay. When the storm comes, you'll be all right. Because when you build on me, you're building on principle. And you're building on things that are going to last. Money can't, money can't. Make a good foundation. I like money. Anybody here like money? Thank you, Brenda, for being honest. We got one honest one in the crowd here. I heard a couple of amens. I saw your hand wave. If you tell me you don't like money, I'm 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 doubting your honesty. I like money. You can't love it. You can't let it become. Your God, you can't serve God and mammon. That's in the Bible. You either love one and hate the other, hold one, despise the other. Hello. Why are you saying all that? Because some people think because they have money or they got prestige or they got power or they have popularity or their name is in bright lights. I was thinking today, I've been a lot of places. I've done a lot of things. I've, I've, I've been in the room with president. I've, I've, I've been, I've sat at the governor's table to eat. I've, I've been with, prayed over the Senate. I've, I've done a lot of stuff in my time. If you want to talk about all that stuff, yeah, I've been there. Nothing, nothing is more important to me than standing in this house and knowing what I know to be true and knowing Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Ghost. Nothing is more important to me. You know why? Because this is the sure foundation. This is where it's at. And we're builders. You say, well, I'm not a builder. Yes, you are. You're molding that little mind that you call your son or your grandson or your granddaughter or your daughter. You've you, you, you got your hand on them. I talked a little bit about it here Sunday on Father's Day. But, but, but they're, the influence you have, 
your building. He said, he said that Jesus Christ has got to be the chief cornerstone. If you're going to be a wise master builder, you got to put God in the right place in your life. Now, you, you talk about all this foundation stuff. How do you build on a good foundation? What do you do? How do you do that, Pastor? What are you talking about? We're, we're builders. Okay, I don't have a hammer and nails in my hand. But let me tell you what we're building. We're building for time and eternity. So how do I implement building? And I thought about this today. Sometimes we just preach and we fling it out there and people say, well, good. How do you do that? I'm going to tell you how to do it tonight. I'm going to help you just a little bit. Some of, some of you may, in this room may be, may be newer to the kingdom of God. And if you're older, we just consider it a recheck. And you've got to make sure it's right. Amen? I don't believe you can be saved without this right here. I, I, I mean, I believe you've got to read the Word of the Lord. If you've got access to one. Now, if you're in a foreign land and you don't have one, you know, I'm not saying you have to have a Bible in your hand, but the Word of the Lord to us is very dear. And, and in the land of the free and the home of the brave, this ought to be our best book. This is the way you build. You, look, my daddy's gone. He loved Louis L'Amour. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Matter of fact, I heard a preacher preaching at a conference one time, and he said, now, and he, he was just preaching, and he's a friend of mine. He said, now, them chances are like them sackets. He said, you mess with one, it ain't going to be long before the whole clan's going to be after you. Well, he'd been reading Louis L'Amour, too. But I can guarantee you one thing. I was going through my pictures. I told you this Sunday, and one of the pictures is what I told you of a Sunday when my dad with his hand raised not long before he died. But another one was him sitting at his dining room table, and his Bible's open. And he's studying the Word of God, and he's got a notepad. And he's studying the Word of God. The Bible is a sure foundation. It is, the, it is the Word of God. I want you to hear me right now. You say, well, you know, I like to read the newspaper, but I fall asleep. Somebody, matter of fact, somebody told me this week, I'm reading the Bible through, but I'm having trouble with that Old Testament. It's this one begat this one, and this one begat this one, and this one, you, you know. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, I see some nods, and I see some of you smiling. Yeah, that's, that's pretty tough sometimes. But you know what? Everything in here is for a purpose. There's a reason that one begat that one, and that one begat that one. All I'm here to tell you is this. Don't discard this book, because if you want to implement building a sure foundation, it starts right here. Don't try to change it. Don't try to take what you want to and throw the rest of it out. Don't try to add to it. Matter of fact, the Scriptures say if you add to or take away from the prophecies of this book, you are in danger of the plagues of this book. That's what the Bible said. How many of you believe the Bible? You believe this is our roadmap? This is what's going to get us out of here, folks. This is it right here. When it says repent, it means repent. When it says live holy, it means live holy. Amen? When it says let all things be done in moderation, that's exactly what it means. When it says there's only one God and, and you ought to worship that God, that's what this means. When it said be filled with the Spirit, 
It meant be filled with the Spirit. So this is, this is how you start. This is where it's at right here. And, and of course, you understand, and I'm, I'm talking to people now as, as people that have been saved. I'm not here to preach to you the gospel. I could go back and talk about repentance and baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and all that. I'm talking about people that have, that have come to God. That's, that's who I'm talking to tonight. People that are in the church. Listen to me right now. If you're in this church, get this book and get it in your, your possession. And read it. I don't care if you read it on the computer. I don't care if you have to listen to it every day. If you can't read, guess what they make now? They make, I got a, my wife got me one, or I, maybe, maybe I ordered it, but we both got a little, little deal not long ago that the whole Bible's on it. It's just like a little recorder. You just turn it on and it goes from chapter to chapter to chapter to chapter. It's the neatest thing. You can ride down the road and just, Set it beside you. You sit in your easy chair and set it beside you. Look, fill your mind with the Word of God. Fill your heart with the Word of God. This is the way you implement building a sure foundation. I thought about you today, Summer, and I, I, I thought about what a, an awesome job that our quiz people are doing. Look, when you learn, how many verses did you learn this year, Summer, the kids? Three hundred and eighty, two hundred and eighty-one verses, and I'm talking about when I say memorize them. If you get a the or a at or a on or a whatever wrong, they gonna correct you. I already had some do it this year to me. Now, Pastor, you quoted that wrong. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Do you understand what a what a valuable tool that is? Do you understand how important that is? I know y'all going to call me crazy now. I love education. I think everybody ought to have education. But if, before I learn to, to add or subtract, I want my kids to know the Word of God. I want them to know the love of God. I want them, Because that book is filled up with the power of God in it. Hallelujah. That's the most important thing in their life. That's the most important thing in your life. And you say, well, I know it all. I, you know, I don't, I don't have to read it anymore. Yes, you do. Because there's nuggets here that every time you pick this book up, it's just it just strengthens your foundation. It puts something else in you. You can read a scripture 50 times, and the 50th time you can find something new in the Word of God. Amen? So, so, so the Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. i got to hurry. i got 18 minutes and I'll be through. I promise you. Listen, not only the Word of God, but you have to learn. I'm talking about how to build a foundation now. When you, when you start reading this, then you start praying and reading this too. Everybody say prayer. You can't live for God without praying. I want to tell you, it's an impossibility to live for God without prayer. And I'm, I'm not here to govern you. I'm not here to tell you that you've got to pray X number of minutes a day. I, I was picking at my wife the other day about praying. She said, well, where does the Bible say that? I said, well, the Bible, the Lord went to the disciples and said, can you not tarry with me one hour? So I know he believed in praying an hour. Some of y'all had to pray an hour. You'd be in bad shape. You'd be looking for stuff to pray. But not when you get in the Holy Ghost. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you'll forget the clock. 
And you'll get on, you, you'll get in tune with God. And the first thing you know is something comes over you. Does anybody understand what I'm preaching tonight? You see, that kind of praying will, will create a sure foundation because here's what it does. It, 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 it puts something, it puts drive and determination and power and anointing in your life. This is where you get it. When, and, and you pray in faith. Everybody say faith. When you ask believing and you know that it's going to happen, something's about to give. Faith is the substance of things Hope for the evidence of things not seen. And so when you're praying, you don't, it hadn't happened, but you're saying, oh, God, let it up. And all of a sudden, it's happening in your life. It's called faith that brings that power and that anointing and that direction in your life. You talk about it. Let me tell you. You give me a praying, Bible-reading, faithful person, and I'll show you somebody that the devil is scared to death of. He's scared as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. He don't want nobody praying. He don't want nobody fasting. He don't want nobody believing. He don't want you reading the Word of God. You know what Jesus did to the devil? He took the Word of God. And every time the devil tempted him, he said, It is written! Do you know what you can do when you get grounded with this book? Uh-uh, devil. You li- I read in John chapter 8, the Bible said, You're a liar and you're the father of every lie. And the truth is not in you. Uh-uh, devil. You can't tell me that lie. I read it right here. Oh, you don't have to. Oh, yes, I do. It's right here. You don't have to. Pro- oh, yes, I do. You don't have to live that. Yes, I do. It's right here. It's called a sure foundation. Amen. Now, you can't get it if you just read the Newsweek magazine or the morning paper. You've got to read this. Amen. You can't do it if you just bypass the prayer. You notice when Jesus talked about fasting, He talked about fasting and praying. You know why? If I just fast, I'm mean. That's right. My, my family always hated for me to go on a diet. Matter of fact, matter of fact, somebody came to my office today and said, "I'm hungry." No, I'm not. I'm hangry. You know what? If you just fast and don't pray, you're not doing what Jesus said. The principle is you fast and you pray. You fast and you pray. You read the Word of God. So if I could, could I challenge this church right now? How many of you would do me a favor that's in this congregation? Now, we'll we'll have a whole bunch of folks more here Sunday, but how many of you here right now, between now and Sunday morning, you you'll give me your word that you'll go read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Three short chapters in the Bible. Would you do that? You know why? Because you're going to read. And don't just skim over it. Read it. Because you're going to read the principles that it takes to have a good foundation in your life. How do I know that? Here's how I know. I could, I could preach about a lot of different things. I believe in holiness. Anybody here believe in holiness? Bible said, without holiness, you, should, you can't see God. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. You've got to be holy. Holiness is more than what you dress. Holiness is in here. Holiness is a spirit. Holiness starts from the inside. Holiness gets in here, and it works outwardly. You with me? Everybody say amen. If you're not with me, don't say nothing. 
That's holiness. Everybody thinks, well, holiness is just how you look. No, it's not. Holiness is not just how you look. Holiness is in here. It'll make you talk right. It'll make you live right. It'll make you believe. It'll make you, it'll, it'll put a good attitude and spirit in you. I've seen people that looked holy that was mean as a snake. Okay? So, I believe in all that. But let me tell you, let me tell you why I'm asking you to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I close with this. Here's why. Because at the end of that writing, as a matter of fact, let's just put it on the screen. I want you to see. I want you to see. Matthew chapter 7. Let's see if I can give you the exact word. Verse 24. Matthew 7, 24. Put it right there. Put it up here. I want you to see it. Therefore, this is Jesus talking. He's at the end of all he's taught now. By the way, by the way, I, I stood where Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount. Unbelievable, folks. We went to the, to the top of that mountain and we got out and, and, and walked out. And on this particular mountain, it... It goes down, but it, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know how to tell you. It's, it's an amphitheater-looking place where Jesus stood on the top of that. And this is honest truth. They said, you can just talk normal. And the people at the bottom of this hill, where thousands could have been, can hear you without a microphone. Without a PA system. It was there just a few weeks ago. And, and Jesus, when he got through teaching all those people, he said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. I want you to notice that. He didn't say just hear them. You've got to do them. He said, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Next verse. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. It had a sure foundation. But watch this. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. This is why James said, You can't just be hearers, you got to be doers of the word. Not hearers only, doers of the word. He said, If you heard them and you didn't do them, he said, That man is going to be likened unto a foolish man which built his house on sand. Watch. The rain descended, the same storm, no doubt. The floods came, the winds blew, it beat on the house, and it fell. And great was the fall. Why? Why? Why did it fall? Because there was no sure foundation. This church has to be built on the right stuff. I want to be very careful because I, I don't want to say the wrong things. But let me tell you, I've seen 
I've seen a lot of things go on in my lifetime that were called of God and they weren't of God. I've seen them. I've lived long enough to be smart enough that when some flamboyant name comes through and everybody's just ah, I'm not too quick to fall because I've seen too much of it. Just give me that old saint of God that walks in the church day after day, week after week, year after year. Said, you know what, Pastor? I'm I'm having a rough time, but I'm gonna make it. I've been through the fire, but I'm gonna make it. I still believe in God for my healing. I've seen him get cancer, get disease, have heart attacks. Just keep being faithful. You know why? The devil can't shake them. You got a sure foundation. I can go through this crowd right here tonight and show you people's had all kinds of situations in their life. Just let me assure you of something. Right now, let me assure you of something. You get the right foundation. It don't matter if the rain comes. It don't matter if the wind's blowing. No matter what the storm is, you'll know that he's still in charge. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching tonight? Let times change. Steve, we've seen a whole lot. The Dave, we've seen a whole lot. Everybody in this room's seen a whole lot of change. A whole lot of change. Some of it good, some of it not so good. Some of it I can live with, some of it I hate. I'm not gonna fight you over that. Some of that stuff don't matter to me. Doesn't matter. A hill of Kentucky Wonder Beans, what, what some things are. Here's what matters. That I get up every day and I know on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm standing on the promises of God. I've got a sure, sure, sure foundation. Stand with me all over this room. I hope you believe what I preach tonight. I hope you hear me on this Wednesday night in a hot summer June night. You came to the Wednesday night service. Nothing new. But let me tell you, don't, don't ever believe what the voices of this world are telling you. Oh, it doesn't matter about that anymore. If it matters in this book, it matters right now. If God said it, it's settled. If God said it. Yeah, I read a bumper sticker. You've heard me say this before. There used to be a bumper sticker going around that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, i got a new one for you. God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. If God said it, it's true. Amen? So I'm asking you, I'm asking you to go read those five, or those three chapters, five, six, and seven. And then put your mind to his word and say, God, am I really, truly building? Look, let me tell you what else it'll tell you in there. It'll tell you how to forgive your brother. It'll tell you how to love your neighbor. In those three chapters, all that stuff's there. It'll tell you how to love your neighbor. 
It'll tell you how to treat people. It'll tell you what you have to do to be saved. Lord Jesus, on this Wednesday night, I know there's a lot of of storm clouds, a lot of rain, a lot of wind, a lot of things happening in our world. Lord, whatever you do, ground us in truth. Let the Word of God be a solid, solid foundation to us. Let your name and your power, your spirit, engulf every one of us. Get up with us in the morning, Lord. Walk with us all day long and be with us all week. Be with us every month. Be with us till you come. We need your presence. We need your anointing. Jesus, you're our rock. You're our rock.